Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Email Edition, February 13th, 2008, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. We have, uh, we've been getting an enormous amount of emails and voicemails, and it is great. As a matter of fact, I have so many voicemails backed up that need to be played that in the next week or two, we're going to have to do like an all-voicemail show. Yeah. There are just so I've got so many good voicemails that I want to play, and because uh, I, I tell you we get some we get some fantastic uh, some fantastic questions in both, and uh, just to let everybody know that if you do want to uh, send us a, a, an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. and if you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. If we read your email or play your voicemail on our show, you're going to get a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And then once a month, we pick one name at random from all the emails and voicemails that we play on the show. And that person gets a chance to pick one of the numbers from our prize envelopes, 1 through 30. And whatever is prizes in that envelope is what they win. And with that, I think we'll I'll stop talking and we'll go to our first voicemail. <laughs> Uh, our first is Rick in New York, who has some questions about Disney packages. Hi, Pete and the gang. This is Rick from New York, and I had a quick question for you. My family and I are coming down in November of '08 for a week at uh, Walt Disney World, staying on property. And I have a 19-year-old and a 3-year-old. The 3-year-old and my wife and I are going to be there for a week. The 19-year-old is only coming down for three days, Friday to Monday, because he's in college. Now, I've booked a Magic Your Way package with dining, but I've been told that Disney has a policy that everyone in the room has to have the same length of time on their package for dining and tickets and for the room. I'm just wondering if there's any way I can beat that policy or get around it. I have been using Dreams Unlimited, and I've been told the only other option I have is to try and book him a separate room, and that works out to be more expensive. I'm wondering if there's a way to get around the policy to save some money. Some people have suggested just not telling Disney he's in the room and a couple of other things like having him magically show up and just add him to the room, and that might be a way to get around it. But I'm just wondering if you guys had any insight into a way that I could have him in the room, get him dining without paying for seven nights when he's only going to be there for three. I love the podcast. I listen every week. It makes me laugh. I listen at night while I'm working in a power plant uh, making electricity. So I know you guys like to hear some interesting times when people listen that gets me through my night shifts, and I really enjoy it. So take care and have a great day. Well, Rick, unfortunately, no. There is no way uh, to get around this particular dilemma. This is part of the whole – this is part of Disney's, Disney's rules. Disney reserves the right to protect their interests in any way they see fit, and one of those ways is they could uh, ask you to leave their resort. Obviously, that's not going to be you know something they're going to want to do and, and get that sort of publicity for it. But the other side of that is they could make you pay for him anyway, so that doesn't really that sort of defeats the purpose. Um, your best the, the best thing you can do is actually add him for your package for the entire stay. While the tickets may not uh, may go to waste, you could do the option of doing a non-expiration ticket and save those days for another visit for somebody else. However, the dining can be used by anybody. So you can still use those snack options and those other options for other meals for everybody in your family. And for those meals that may require two, you can use his extra one. 
Yeah, maybe take your maybe you and your wife go out and have a nice uh, one of the more upscale meals one night. You kind of you know use his credits that he's not using. That's a right. great idea. I didn't even think of that. Or do the extra credits when he does show up. And use them then. Yeah, he's 19. I'm sure he has a, a, a good... Eat. He's a big yeah, eater. He might. He's probably got a good appetite. Yeah. And uh, he could just make up for lost time. You can sit there and watch him, make sure he eats all his dining credits. <laughs> <laughs> and something we've talked about, if he has snack credits left over, you can bring things home with you. You can use the snack credits for like boxed chocolate or souvenirs to bring back for people. So they shouldn't go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really neat. Rick mentioned that uh, he listens to it at night while he's making electricity. That's really cool. That is cool. It's ironic because at night Bob makes gas. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, sitting, <laughs> sitting in the dining room, minding my own business. What's, what's hysterical is I've known John for, what is it, like 15 years now. The older he gets, the sharper he gets. It's really funny. He's just, he, his wit has gotten so much quicker. It's like he has a list of these things waiting for me. They're all in okay. the back of my head. And he checks them off. Kevin's okay, mother check. actually is, she always says to me, she says, you remember stuff. Because I'll just, I oh, yeah, he's, Thank he's you, John. I can't remember an important thing. <laughs> Random facts, though, you got it. Got Given it. out my Kevin, secret where, information. where's my phone? You ready to move ahead, Sharpie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the next one. Go ahead, John. Um, oh, oh, you want to? Oh, you want to? You want to do another voicemail? Whatever you want to okay. do, I'm up for it. We have another voicemail all queued up, ready to go. We have um, Pam who has some questions about the construction at the Contemporary, and she has some questions about some behind-the-scenes stores. So here's Pam. Hello, Pete, Bob, Kevin, John, Corey, and Julie. This is Pam from Baltimore, and I've been listening to your podcast since October. I love your show and now have my 16-year-old daughter, Katie, hooked also. Katie and I have always loved Disney and thoroughly enjoy listening to you guys. It's obvious how much fun you have together. Um, We have a few questions. First, are there any updates about the construction at the Contemporary? Um, Secondly, and we apologize if you have covered this in previous podcasts, uh, we're very interested in doing some behind-the-scenes tours. We are interested in hearing your opinions and recommendations and your favorites. Uh, thanks so much. We always look forward to listening to your show. Please keep up the good work. Well, It's getting bigger. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's about what we know. There's been no official release of information about that construction of the Contemporary. It's a DVC resort. We all Disney know. does not want you to wait for the Contemporary Resort DVC. Exactly. They want you to buy the Animal Kingdom or Saratoga right. Springs. Especially in the market. But listen to me. Right it's now. a DVC resort, even right. though Disney's not going to admit it. And we're watching the construction. It's progressing nicely. It's going to be that weird crescent shape, and it's going to block your view. <laughs> and I believe it was either we were either one of the first or the very first to say that that was coming even before construction started, didn't you? Two years ago. Two years ago. You, you pegged that. Well, I, we didn't do a podcast then. I posted it on the board, and I was accused of being a heathen. <laughs> they wanted to know where I heard it, who I heard it from, and why was I lying? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that down the road... That they're gonna, <laughs> that they're gonna blow up the other side, the garden uh, rooms over there. They're gonna the blow, it up. And blow it up. Really put in a, a, a tower, the same as the one on the other side. Well, if you look at, they're doing sort of a half moon shaped. Kind of makes sense that they put another one in, so you've kind of got a Mickey silhouette from the sky. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, yeah. it's a joke. I know, <laughs> but I, I think that's what's going to happen. You sort of have a Mickey head with ears. From the sky. You're right. One of the things that we do know is that they're going to put a bridge or a walkway between. A sky bridge. A sky bridge between the concourse of the current uh, A frame 
building to that new building. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. I'd go just to walk on it. <laughs> well, you cool. We have a recent construction photo on our rehabs page. Check it out. And now, as far as behind-the-scenes tours, um, we have covered a few on the show. I will, uh, I'll, I'll scare them up, see exactly what dates they were. We'll put links back to them on, uh, on this week's show notes page. Now, I do know that the behind-the-scenes tour, the behind-the-magic tour, that's the really expensive one, mm-hmm. has changed since we've done the tour. They used to take you backstage at the American Adventure, and you used to have lunch at Mama Melrose. That's no longer the case. You now go backstage at uh, the Tower of Terror, and you have lunch at the Whispering Canyon Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I like how your voice went down there. Uh Uh-huh. I I I I, I would much rather see backstage at Tower of Terror than backstage at the American Pavilion. The American Pavilion, though, is a is a very cool mechanism because of how they have to bring their props down, the stages oh, yeah. down, and fold them back and move another one into place. Because yeah. yeah. the footing is very small. Yeah. I'm sure whatever I, I still they like Tarantino. However, we have friends who just did that in the end of January, so I got a lot of update from it. What was interesting was that because it was so close to Christmas. They had not had all the, the chance to put all the Christmas decorations away. So one of the things that we found the most fascinating was the tour of the Christmas warehouse. And they weren't allowed to go in there. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah, we loved that. Yeah. Oh, so definitely we, don't do it in January. And then. we also right. went to the flower. They did that. They went to the flower part, but they did not go to the, the Christmas. As they drove by the lot, they said the trees were in pieces and still in the parking lot. So yeah. they wouldn't let them in yet. That's oh, 199 for that. I like that. the tour that you did, Bob, the Animal Kingdom one. I was just going to mention that the backstage safari, it's uh, three hours and $65. And I really enjoyed that Yeah, tour. you did. You really enjoyed it. You, you get, get to see the cheaters. You get to see the cheaters. And <laughs> the cheaters, yeah. The white rhino and uh, all kinds of elephant poop. I we also did the Keys to the Kingdom recently, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. if you want right. to learn just that, a yeah. little bit yeah. more about Disney history, it's a good one to do. You get yeah. on stage a little bit of a little bit of backstage mm-hmm. area. You get to go in the tunnels. And I I always tell and I know people, at least one of their tour guides for that Keys to the Kingdom tours is just is just out of this world. The young lady yeah. is just terrific. <laughs> we heard. And just to mention two others, the behind the seeds tour. It's a great buy. But I, now I'm going to throw I'm going to throw you something that you don't know. Um, this is over at SeaWorld. I'm going to do a piece on this next week. But SeaWorld has some of the best behind-the-scenes tours. They're not long. They're about an hour. Each one is about an hour long. They have different types, and they are so inexpensive. I, I, we did a, a Predators tour, really? which Walter wanted to know if we were going on the, tr- uh, the park looking for child molesters. Um, <laughs> and, the Orlando football team. <laughs> and... Uh, it was an it was an hour long. We got backstage at Shamu, and we got uh, backstage at uh, the Shark Encounter. Ooh, that's wow. fun! And we actually get to pet a shark. Ooh! Twelve dollars, twelve fifty. Wow! Twelve fifty. That's a deal. We'll and take two. It was, <laughs> and it was. I tell you, a young lady named Samantha took us around. Like I said, I'll go into more detail next week. But it was just we were blown away. I had mm-hmm. no idea what to expect. So, if you really want to get something. Edutainment like, um, we learned so much in that one hour about what they do. I have so much respect for how they take care of those whales after that mm-hmm. that, yeah. that tour. And uh, yeah, these fish are these these well, mammals, but they're living the life of Riley. Yeah, they're living the life of Riley. But think- that's a really cool back behind the scenes tour. And don't overlook. Uh, you know, we've talked about it when Universal does like their uh, Halloween Horror Nights behind the scenes tours. 
um, during Halloween Horror Nights in September and October. That was terrific. Before we go any further, I'd like to contrast something. Julie and Corey did the Keys to the Kingdom tour, and Bob and I did the Backstage Magic tour. I've also done the Keys to the Kingdom tour, and if the idea of walking a long distance is something that you don't want to do, the Backstage Magic tour, they provide transportation. While there's some walking involved, they transport you from one place to another. I found the walking at the the Keys to the Kingdom tour much more extensive. That's five hours of... Mostly all walking. Right. And the backstage magic tour, while it's a longer tour, you get it on an air you get on an air conditioned bus for that would take you from place to place. Unless you get lunch. But if you are um in a wheelchair or in an is it an A C V, right? <laughs> I know that yeah, our tour guide was very um accommodating to the lady that was in her E C V. Yeah. I my theory is that if you're a Disney fan, you're looking for something beyond the parks, you've been here uh, many times. Any of the backstage stuff is terrific. Yeah, they don't do any. I, I don't think there are any band. I haven't heard Bob's any complaints about the backstage train. tours. Yes, I, I was going to bring that up as the last thing. The steam train behind the scenes, scenes, scenes tour is also excellent. You have to get up. At, uh, I think it starts at 7 o'clock in the morning. But you, you actually get to go backstage with They keep the steam trains and. You get a, a good history of how the trains developed at Disney World. So I recommend that one, too. There, there are age restrictions, depending on what tour you do. She did say it was a teenage daughter. 14, I think. So. Yeah, it's either 14 or 16, I think. Yeah. Um, so you'll the, have uh, to check our site and see if the age restrictions. Absolutely. Oh, and I have a, a very important announcement. It is 70 degrees right now in Orlando. <laughs> Who has another email? I have one. I'm going to torture you people all, uh, all, 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 all winter. And then, of course, in the summer, you're going to torture me right back. So, Except for one thing. I told them this. I never have to shovel humidity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I saw your post. Yeah. I don't have to scrape humidity off my windshield to go out in the morning. And my, a house, good my house to is that. always 77, so if I don't want humidity, I just go in the house. Hmm. All right, I have an email from Jason in Huntsville, North Carolina. I love how technologically savvy he's gotten now. He's pulling his emails up on, on his iPhone. Well, I want you to know that you can send them at whatever time. Jason's email just arrived, and I thought it was really cool, so I'm reading it. I mean, it's really fresh. It's not like one of Bob's. <laughs> it's not eight months old. Right. Hey, this is about well, that's why we old. have to do an all-voicemail show, because I'm going to have some... Either, a couple of them are starting to get a little stale. However, Mitch, with his eight-month-old email, is not complaining. That's right. right. Yeah, that's true. Mitch is listening to our show on his uh, iPod Touch because of his eight-month-old email. Hi, Mitch. And Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, we haven't said. I don't think we said hi to Anthony last week. We did. We did. did. You might have cut it out, but we did. No, I don't know. I would never cut that out. Uh, My email is from Jason in Huntsville. I'm sorry, Huntersville, North Carolina. I was listening to your latest email show about motion sickness. There is one more option for everybody. Ginger pills are a good alternative. They can be picked up at GNC for about $5 for 100. Part of my job requires me to fly in a helicopter. I'm sorry. Part of my job requires me to fly in a helicopter and operate equipment, and I get motion sick. Got the suggestion from listening to a fishing captain about the ginger pills, and they work. Took one the next time I went out. I had, I'm sorry, took one the next time I had a fly and I did not get sick. I hope this helps. Everybody does a great job. Thanks, Jason. I've heard this before. I I had never heard that. Actually, I heard for morning sickness for pregnant women. Ginger pills. And they're um, a natural remedy and are available. I don't think you necessarily have to go to the store. He mentions, I'm sure, any place that sells. Pharmacy at your grocery store. Well, and for those who hadn't heard uh, uh, a few weeks ago, someone asked us about uh, 
what to do for motion sickness. She wor- was worried about motion sickness on the uh, on the Disney Cruise Line, and we gave her some suggestions. So this well, is a follow-up to that. this is a natural that. remedy. That's great. I like natural I didn't remedies. know that. I did not know that. Thank you very much, Kevin. And who else has an email they want to read? Mr. Corey Martin. I have one from Jennifer Bell. She's Peace Love Mickey on the boards. Hi, Corey's mom. Because Corey's mom listens to. <laughs> yes, she does. She loves the email show. That's her favorite. And dad. I thought Peace Love Mom was Mickey's, was Corey's mom. No, no. Peace Love Mickey. Boy, I really messed that up. <laughs> no, these are all separate. Uh, she writes, hi, podcast team. I have a question about something rather silly, so feel free to ignore it if you wish. I don't. Do not wish. I'm not listening. <laughs> uh, first, some background. About 15 years ago, Disney Imagineers helped to build a place called uh, Space Center Houston, adjacent to Johnson Space Center near Houston, Texas. Both my husband and I worked there during college. In fact, this is where we met. Space Center Houston adopted a lot of Disney philosophy. For example, we referred to as crew members and always trained and having good show. I only worked there for a couple of years, but something I always wondered was why we, what we had to do was point with two fingers. When we crew members asked, it was always answered, this is what Disney does. I noticed Corey has been tagged with still points with two fingers, so I just wanted him to enlighten me on the reasoning behind this. Thanks for helping solve this little mystery. Well, in Disney traditions, we were always told that pointing with one finger in some cultures is equivalent to giving someone the finger. So Really? So we, I mean, I, yeah, I knew it was considered rude in some cultures. I didn't realize it well, yeah. came so, to that. Yeah, so it was, well, it's even rude in our culture to yeah. point with one finger, but in, there was some culture. I, I don't know which, which one it is. I don't think it's rude at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> Julie's pointing at me. Okay, okay, I just have to make this that you're no, you don't. pointing Let on radio. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So we were told to point with two fingers because this is, um, you know, universal. It's it doesn't doesn't offend anybody. So I still point with two fingers. It, it's just a habit now. So that's funny. That's that. We were told that's, by Disney. That, that's the two finger rule. That's the two finger rule. You'll see a lot of cast members doing it. They should be. Cool. If they're not correct, they're not, they're not correct cast them. members. Good. So Thank you, you very. So you offended me. <laughs> Thank you very much, Corey. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from our good friend Debbie in Alabama, who makes those wonderful, wonderful soaps that I am in love with. And I'm just going to give her a little plug here. True Soaps, T-R-U-E-S-O-A-P-S, truesoaps.com. They are out of this world. And she, had a, she has a great, uh, a great tip for getting a really inexpensive meal for a family of four over at Fort Wilderness. I really enjoyed this voicemail. Here's Debbie. Podcast gang and Anthony, this is Debbie T11 from South Alabama, and I'm calling in with a tip for us frugal diners to the world. We are campers, and we often stay at Fort Wilderness Campground. This past trip, we arrived kind of late in the afternoon. I didn't want to cook, so we went to the Trails End restaurant. We went to the takeout counter, which is through the doors just a bit over to the left of where the hostess stand is. They have a number of things on the takeout menu, but In my opinion, by far, the best value is the giddy-up-and-go special. Y'all are going to get 10 pieces of crispy fried chicken, a lot of those thick steak fries, and a big container, like probably two cups, of creamy, crunchy coleslaw and four light, flaky biscuits. You're going to get all this for $19.99. Plus, you'll get plates and napkins to go along with it. Now, this is plenty of food for an average family of four, and I can't think of any other place in the world where you can feed four for under $20. And as sort of an icing on the cake thing, they accept the Disney Dining Experience card for 20% off, and since it's takeout, there's nobody to tip. Kind of like an extra, extra savings. 
So to get to the Trails Inn restaurant, you can take any Walt Disney bus to Fort Wilderness. And when you get to the outpost bus stop where they're going to let you off, you can get on another bus to the settlement area. You could call ahead and have it waiting for you or um, just go ahead and order it and get a cool drink. Enjoy the rocking chairs on the front porch or go on down to the uh, marina and eat it on the tables there. And maybe you can take a quick nap afterwards in the hammocks. All in all, it's great chicken. It's at a great price and a great place. Trails in, giddy up and go. Um, Thanks for the podcast, guys, and keep them coming. Well, thank you very much for that, Debbie. And uh, I really, uh, you know, you say that's that's more than enough food for a family of four or me. Exactly. <laughs> Especially yeah. when it's fried chicken because um, you might as well just, it might as well just be a feeding bag you attach to my face. Um, I love my fried chicken. I love my and fried they, chicken. They it's the same job. fried chicken they do at Hoopty Doo. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. And it's one, really good. One of the nice things we hear people talk about all the time is that, you know, they're they're looking to save some money, and they're looking for something to do on an afternoon when they don't go that's to the park. Something different, right? This that's I thought that was great. This is an on property thing that you could use Disney transportation to get to, and that sounds like a whole afternoon. And and with the and with the Disney dining experience, that's twenty percent off. Um, four bucks almost. Yeah, that's so it's sixty. Yeah. So it'd be sixteen dollars, sixteen plus tax. Yeah. You can't you can't beat that with a stick. So that was great. I uh, really appreciate that, Debbie. That was a great piece of information, a great tip for everybody. We appreciate that. Yeah, those rocking chairs are prime real estate over there. <laughs> yeah, and then you can do a wagon ride afterwards at night if you go over there. And our next voicemail is from Ashley, who has a question for us about the Disney Dreamers Academy. Here's Ashley. Hello there, podcast team. First off, I would like to mention that I have been listening to the podcast for about a year now, and have enjoyed it very much. It's amazing to me how the amount of information about Disney is endless, and I'm really happy you bring it to all of us listeners every week. Now for my question. A week or two ago, I found out about the Disney Dreamers Academy for high school students that took place at Walt Disney World on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Being a high school student myself and major Disney freak, I'm upset that I missed out on this opportunity. So far, I have only found one article about this event, which gave the overview of what took place and was very excited to find out that it would be returning in 2009. Can you please give the information as to the specifications to qualify, how and when to apply, etc.? Thank you very much for any information. I also wanted to mention I'm looking forward to Corey's segment about the Disney College program. Well, Ashley, we do have some information for you. I will tell you the, uh, I'll just read you the official Disney uh, description of the Disney Dreamer Academy. Uh, this is a, a three-day immersive experience that takes 100 pre-selected teens behind the scenes of Walt Disney World Resort in a fun and enlightening program designed to inspire them to pursue their dreams. The teens will have amazing experiences in the theme parks as well as learn the magic behind some of our attractions or Disney's attractions and entertainment. They will enjoy interactions with cast members and celebrities to motivate them to be more, do more, and reach for their dreams. The first ever event took place, as you mentioned, uh, January 17th through 20th uh, last month over Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. We don't have any information on uh, when it's going to be next year, if it's going to be next year. I'm imagining it will be. Um, Now, as far as how people are chosen to participate, U.S. high school students can be nominated to participate in Disney Dreamers Academy. Uh, all information and nomination criteria for the program uh, will be available 
Well, this past year was available on the Steve on Steve Harvey's website. Steve Harvey was the the host of this, I guess, and that was steveharvey.com. And uh, it was apparently available on August 9th last year. So you want to be uh, you want to be paying attention around around August. Maybe getting back in touch with us um, around August to see if we have some new information for you. Yeah, Steve Harvey's website will probably have the information. That's where yeah, assuming he's doing it next we, year. Yeah, that's where we got most of that. And anyway. uh, there is a panel of judges that will choose of all the from all the nominees will choose uh, the 100 uh, participants. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, what that is, and how you have to uh, how you have to sign up for it. It's uh, steveharvey.com, but I imagine there's nothing up there now. No, I looked um, there, and there's nothing. It's everything from from last year, from January that happened, right. and they have the pictures and everything. So you can get most of your detail information off of there. It, they, they had a good link to it. This is this is really a cool thing. It is. This sounds like a really cool thing, and uh, if you do end up doing it, Ashley, we would definitely want to hear. Uh, what your experience was like, yeah. and of course, if there are any, if any of our listeners were one of the 100 participants this year, we'd love to have you call in or write in and let us know what you thought of it. And Ashley, uh, that college program segment will be coming up soon. I've actually been talking to a few of the college program recruiters for international for the international program and the local program, so um, we'll have that segment for you once I get all the information together. So, and not for nothing, he's got a he's got a lot on his plate right now. <laughs> yeah, I have to go look at pools. <laughs> That's a dirty joke. I meant, I meant, I meant besides what uh, you no, do for I'm the playing. show. Yeah, I so. appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Ashley. Who wants to? Uh... Me. Okay. Oh, she beat me again. Hey, I've been laid back this podcast. Okay. <laughs> Mine's from Lori from San Francisco. She says, "Could you settle something for me once and for all?" I've asked this question on the disboards and received conflicting answers. We are taking our first trip to Walt Disney World in a couple of weeks, and I need to know if you can push a stroller onto the monorail without folding it up. Knowing this will help us decide which stroller to bring. Thanks so much, Lori. You can push your stroller onto the monorail. I've seen many people do it. I've never seen anyone fold up their stroller in order to get on the monorail. So don't feel like you are doing something that's not allowed. Um, if you want to bring your giant stroller, you go right ahead. <laughs> if she waits till the end of the day and wants to get on the monorail with everybody else after the fireworks or the parade, she's not going to get on the monorail with a stroller open. She's right. going to have to fold it yeah, up. Yeah, it's going to be too packed. Right. You, she, don't to, you don't have to. You don't have to. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. However, there's going to be times when you're going to have to only if you want to be able to fit on the monorail. Right. I get back. Or else you'll be waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. right. Otherwise, you're there till everybody else goes home. And if she's going to use the bus at all, she's going to have to fold it up. Too. See, and that that is one of my this is one of my pet peeves. Not people with uh, strollers, but uh, when I see a woman on the monorail holding a baby, or a woman standing at all. And all these able-bodied men sitting there taking up seats and nobody gets up. Uh, that just drives you up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> just drives you up a wall. But I don't know why I had to throw I that I always in. offer to hold the baby. <laughs> <laughs> put it in a locker. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So thank you, Julie. Bob. Pete, I have one from Jessica in Massachusetts. And she wants to write and she loves the podcast. I listen all the time. The, uh they're planning their next vacation to come to Disney World in December. And we went last year at the same time and loved it. We usually stay at Beach Club, but due to finances, we are staying at Caribbean Beach. We can't decide if we should fly down or drive down. And uh, 
They live in Massachusetts and are willing to drive just so we can have a car down there. My question is, if we choose to fly, we would rent a car. We will be staying for 10 days starting on December 2nd. Do you have any suggestions where you should rent a car and the prices? Or do you, do you like if, if you fly, would it be cheaper and easier just to take a cab to go to different places for breakfast, like to different hotels and things, or downtown Disney? Uh, so I did something, and I did like a comparison, ride versus fly. And I just want to throw out uh, different things to her. If she's driving down, it's 1,300 miles mm-hmm. to drive, which takes, if you drive straight through, it'll take you 24 to 28 hours, depending on, on the um, your driving. Or you have to stop overnight, overnight and yeah. rent a hotel. Uh, tolls will cost you, round trip, it'll probably cost you about 27 bucks. So you have tolls to, are only $27 yeah. round trip? Really? Yeah, to get over the GW Bridge, it's six dollars. Delaware's four dollars. Maryland's. Now, is she coming through down the New Jersey Turnpike? Ninety-five. No, right down ninety-five. That is the New Jersey Turnpike is ninety-five. Yeah. So, well, and I'll tell you right now, the New Jersey Turnpike is that'll be twenty-seven dollars by itself. You don't have to come over the George Washington Bridge. Right. Well, I'm just saying you have to take into consideration tolls, uh, gasoline, for. Uh, if you're getting 25 miles to the gallon, you're going to use 52 gallons. If you're getting 20 miles to the gallon, you're going to use 65 gallons. So a round trip, that's going to cost you between $312, $390 just in fuel. Based on today's Based gas on prices. Based on today's gas prices. Uh, I figured that at, uh, at $3 a gallon. So that, there's that to consider. Figure for two days, you're going to spend it at least $30 a day for food for a family of four. You know, at least so more you, than that. You're going to spend thirty dollars a meal. If you stop at meal, McDonald's and you get five value meals, I was being that's conservative five, 10, 15, on the dollars. <laughs> well, I, I kept the food at a conservative. But so you're saying thirty dollars a day to feed four people, just to come down for a, no. if not you're unless driving, you're Debbie's chicken. If you're driving through, you're not going to make yeah. many stops. So I'm saying, okay, thirty. I I set it low at thirty dollars, but even at thirty dollars. Uh, you're looking at sixty to one hundred twenty dollars times two, so you're looking at one hundred twenty to two hundred forty dollars for food alone. And you're going to get here hungry. Yeah, and well, yeah. Uh, wear and tear. You're going to use two days on each end to travel. By the time you you do it, you have to take into consideration traffic. Fly. And, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, well, that's where this Stole is going. Punchline, apparently. Uh, <laughs> traffic you have to take into consideration. Uh, my time is money. Uh, when you get to the D.C. Ours area. too. Yeah. Uh, when you get to D.C., that area is tough. New York City is tough to get through in traffic. Uh, if you're traveling in the wintertime, you have to take into consideration it's going to be a slower drive if you run into any weather or anything. Uh, hotel, if you get a hotel, say $90 a night. We have to do that twice. So that's $180 right there. And add that onto it. Are you going to calculate her entire vacation <laughs> to drive line it. by line? No. Well, if you want to drive. die at Pepsi in North Carolina, it's a dollar twenty. Some of those bathrooms charge you to use too. You might have to calculate that in there. Twenty five cents. My point is, and if you stop at Cracker Barrel, they have a store. My my point is, I totaled that what I just went through. I'm ignoring him. Uh, 
that comes to about $639 is what I figured out on just what I mentioned there. That's a lot of money. That is. To and drive. Whereas you could fly in two and a half hours from Providence, fly uh, southwest or jet blue out of uh, Boston, and you could be in Pro- Orlando in two and a half hours. And you could probably be on property within four to five hours. And uh, that's priceless to me. So, um, I mean, it just doesn't make sense when you add it up. It sounds good that you're going to have a car here and, and everything else, but you're going to beat up the car. You're going to beat up the family for two days on both ends. So you're losing four days. I think yeah. you guys will be sick and tired of each other after I mean, that I, ride, too. I did this ride I, twice, and it was like when you got into Florida and you still have three three and a half hour mm-hmm. drive and the kids are thinking oh i'm in florida i'm i'm almost there you ain't almost there you still got another 190 miles however when if for some people if money if they don't have the money but they have the time you just said 600 and something dollars four people to fly could be 800 dollars or more or more so then you're looking at renting a car and or taking transportation one i year, actually so. don't mind the drive i've done it i used to do it Twice a year, and I just don't. I don't think it's that big a deal. Never, never again. Um, I, did, I just. I, I did think, it once. I would never do it again. I just did it in September. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just. I'm just not good in cars for long periods of time. It's just my. Not, I mean, not my thing. that's the thing. There are some people that this fits for them, but I just. I thought it was a good way to compare, so mm-hmm. people can think of all the things that they have to consider. It's just not throw the people in the car, and drive. So make sure before you decide on a car rental agency that you also go on the internet and see if there's any kind of promotions. A lot of times if you join their club, they'll send you a promotional coupon where you can get money off. However, just keep in mind that Orlando, there's a lot of car rental agencies here, and they're all looking for your business. So during slow times, you can really find some bargains. And we've done some uh, information about driving, and it's on our website, and we'll put a link to that. Okay. Thank you very much. John. I have one that actually kind of sort of a follow-up to what Bob talked about. Don't worry, there's no figures and numbers and gazintas in mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a line item uh, no. email? <laughs> I no, like gazintas. No earmarks in mine. This is from Stacy in Pompano Beach, Florida. Hi, guys. Love your show. Just wanted to correct a statement that you made about the Sun Pass. You said it doesn't actually save you money, yes, just time. This is not true. The tolls are discounted for SunPass customers. In fact, when you receive your statement at the end of the month, it will show you how much you saved on tolls by using SunPass. Keep up the great work. Stacy. what you've written is true and not true at the same time. There are some tolls in Florida where if you use the express lane, the prepaid toll lane, they will be a reduced price. None of the tolls around Walt Disney World, however, are reduced. We travel them every day. We pay those tolls every day. There's no reduction in price for all of the ones immediately around Walt Disney World. So yeah, while that, you, we want to make sure you know that we did acknowledge that you are correct. Some of the tolls in Florida are reduced, but none of the ones that you'll go through around Walt Disney World. Which is why I mm-hmm. thought there was no discount on them, because I've never experienced a discount using my either my O-Pass or SunPass. Yeah, we, we get um, a discount. Like I, on 408, it, we get a discount on those tolls and the right. Florida Turnpike. Too. Yeah, never on either one of those roads. Yeah. But anyone around there, the uh, Osceola Parkway, um, 417, none of those are discounted. Yeah, Osceola Parkway is... Mrs. Martin, you have one? Um, This comes from Rodolfo Arojo um, from Mexico. 
Maybe. I'm so glad she can speak Spanish because I would have I would have butchered that poor man's name. I just want to say Mexico. <laughs> say it again. First of all, hi to all of you. I discovered the podcast only two months ago, and I've been hearing the entire archive. Thank you for your handful of tips, viewpoints, and overall themes. I live in Mexico City and went to Walt Disney World as a teen about 20 years ago. It was a long stay in the area, so my parents took us to medieval times for dinner, and I have fond memories of it. Ever since, I have been several times in the resort with time constraints that do not really allow me time to go around. I have noticed a lot of publicity about another place named Arabian Nights. I will be in for March on an 11-day stay, traveling with a 13-year-old girl and two other adult family members. Surely this will give us time to sneak out for a night. From the publicity and web pages, both Medieval Times and Arabian Nights look like good choices. Both are around the same price. If I have to choose one, which one do you think will be a better experience for my daughter and for the party altogether? Arabian well, not, Nights. Not necessarily his daughter. He just says for the 13-year-old girl. Why And why? Feel free to drop in other choices for a dinner show outside of Walt Disney World. Muchas gracias. Corey and I have been to Arabian Nights. Um, it's been several years ago. We took my mother, my grandmother, and my brother, um, and we had a really good time, I have to say. I was impressed. At first, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to be cheesy or whatever. But it was decent food and quite entertaining, I thought. A lot, it was, they had a lot of people there, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's normally pretty packed. Yeah. Um, I think the theme of it, because it's like a marriage and, you know, saving the princess and all this kind of stuff, uh, would be good for a 13-year-old girl. But um, I have not been to Medieval Times. I've been to Medieval Times, and I, I have to agree with you, Julie, that for a 13-year-old girl, Arabian Nights, hands down. Medieval Times is more of a boy thing. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. jousting and fighting and that whole thing. And But Arabian Nights is, the, I think the horses are beautiful. Yes, Arabian horses are gorgeous. Are gorgeous. Yeah, those are actually, those are, I believe they're Andalusians is what they're called, those horses or Andalusian horses. And uh, many years ago, when I, when I, very early on when I started the site, um, I had gone over and I had actually gotten a tour. They invited me over and they took me through the stables. These were the most immaculate stables you have ever, would ever see in your life. It's good to know um, they take care of them. They take, well, actually, the, I don't know if they're still the owners. The owners at that time were just as, as crazy as we are about Disney. That was their passion for these horses. And you could tell just talking to them that they were. That these horses, yeah, were, were absolutely... Again, I haven't been over there. I, I don't know who's running it now. Mm-hmm. I believe it had been sold. Uh, there was a time where the dinner you were served was prime rib. Uh, and uh, now it's... Uh, let me take a look here. Uh, you have your choice of New York strip steak, grilled chicken breast, uh, black Angus chop steak with gravy, uh, children's chicken tenders, or primavera penny pasta. And they do have vegetarian and vegan options. And uh, all dishes are served with a fresh garden salad and chef's choice of dessert. You get unlimited beer, wine, and Pepsi products also included. And If I'm not mistaken, isn't, didn't they have like a little skit with, with the guy with his horse where the horse was drunk? Yeah. 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 That was yep. very entertaining. It's amazing to me that you can get a horse to be trained like a dog. <laughs> One of the things that bodes well for the dinner shows, the two dinner shows that he mentioned, is the fact that they've both been in business for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These have stayed in business and oh, remained yeah. popular for quite a while, which tells you that you know they're doing something right. right. Yeah. And for many years, I don't know if it still is, but for many years, Arabian Nights was voted the number one dinner show in Orlando. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's got a great reputation. Um, now, uh, the this prices at the gate, if you buy them through them, um, is forty five ninety for adults, $20.33 
for uh, children 3 to 11. But uh, if you, I'll, I'll put a link to this on our show notes page, which is podcast.wdwinfo.com. The official ticket center, which is who we go through for a lot of our discount tickets, has tremendous discounts on, uh, on Arabian Nights. So I, I would definitely – I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to take anything at all away from Medieval Times. I really did enjoy the Medieval Times show when I saw it. But I think uh, Julie's right, for, uh, um, especially for a girl, a 13-year-old, 13-year-old girl. girl. She'll be out of her mind. Yeah. The other thing is he mentions that time might be an issue, and Arabian Nights is much closer to Disney yeah. Yeah. than Medieval Times. So, good. Well, thank you, Julie. Thank you, uh, what was Rodolfo. Rodolfo. Thank you, Rodolfo, for uh, emailing us all the I way know, from Mexico. Was our, he was our first listener from Mexico, I think, to email us. I mean, I we had South so. American listeners, but not Mexico. Rodolfo. Who else do we have out in Mexico? Come on, Mexico. Stand up and be counted. <laughs> You're our neighbor. All right, we have uh, another voicemail from Tim in New Hampshire, who has some uh, uh, some tips for us uh, uh, regarding Southwest Airlines. So here's Tim. Hi, Pete and podcast team. Love the show. Just want to offer uh, perhaps a tip or suggestion for any of the viewers out there, or listeners, I guess actually it is. Um, my name's Tim. I'm from New Hampshire. Tim Mack on the boards. Um, and I'll leave my email at the end of the message. Um, my tip is actually regarding Southwest Airlines. Pete, I know it's not one of your favorites, but I think it's important to talk about because it is uh, one of the larger carriers bringing people into Orlando, and it's usually uh, one of the ways to get the best rates possible. Um, one thing that's interesting about Southwest, uh, kind of apart from a lot of other airlines, is that they're extremely flexible with uh, changing your travel dates and getting credit, and, and you know, you're not stuck in those kind of... Uh, no refund and no exchange sort of situations. You can never, usually you can't get a refund on your fare. However, you can uh, get credit to exchange for other fares. Well, something I actually learned uh, recently in my own experiences is that apart from the Southwest Ding feature that a lot of people talk about where they can pick up some of those last-minute uh, specials for as low as, you know, 30, 40 bucks each way, if you actually check their site uh, for your flight that you're interested in, um, Every day, even if you can, uh, the the prices tend to change quite a bit. Um, I have an upcoming trip, uh, kind of a case in point here, this April, um, which is actually uh, coinciding with spring break week uh, for a lot of the schools in my state. And when they first released those dates, the a lot of the flights were selling out pretty quickly. Uh, the the prices started around ninety nine bucks, and by the time I even looked at it, were up to one forty, one hundred and seventy. Some of the flights were sold out, at least at the uh, cheaper booking levels. Um, and so I ended up uh, finally selecting some flights for fairly expensive prices for Southwest, one hundred and forty bucks uh, per trip, and having layovers and everything else. They weren't optimal flight plans. Well, I've kind of checked back since then, and recently actually was able to find direct flights there and back. Uh, for $89 each way. Um, and I just want to share that with people, that it's worth checking back, and because they are so flexible with being able to transfer your reservations and change your reservations, you can just go ahead and do that, and then you have the credit left over with them that you can either use for another flight if you may have another trip coming up within the next year, or even selling it on eBay. A lot of people do that, and uh, exactly how to go about doing that's kind of beyond the scope of what I want to talk about, but it's another option where you can actually get some cash back for it. Uh, but again, I just wanted to kind of let people know about that because I think it's a useful tip. Uh, a kind of a second tip along the same lines is sometimes, even though it's a little bit less manageable, sometimes it's, it helps to if you have a large party particularly to break up your uh, flight reservation into multiple different reservations because sometimes there may be only one or two tickets left at a lower fare class 
Uh, but if you go in and try to make a reservation for, say, six people, and there's only two tickets left at, like, the $89 price, you're not going to be able to get that price for the six tickets. You're going to see the next level up, maybe $110. Uh, whereas if you do two of them at a time, you can get a couple of them for just a few bucks less. I found that to be helpful as well. Um, anyway, that's just a few tips I wanted to share, and I'm hoping that might help somebody out. Uh, thanks for the great show. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for that, Tim. That was actually some uh, some good tips in there. And uh, I'm just I'm actually taking a look at uh, Southwest's uh, website right now. And if you book 14 days in advance for your travel by February 21st of this year and travel between February 19th and June 25th um, from a number of cities, um, uh, 49 to $99 one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it includes coming into Orlando. I have another tip to add for Southwest. Something that people might want to keep in mind. John and I are both big guys, and we travel Southwest. It's always the first place I check when I'm looking for a flight. And one of the things is uh, Southwest insists that big people buy an extra seat. And just for comfort level, John and I always purchase an extra seat to just for our own comfort. And the fact that John doesn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I want <laughs> the road to myself. That's why Walter and I do it. Not even Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, first of all, if, if the plane is not full, Southwest refunds the purchase price that you paid for your extra seat. If the flight cool. is sold out, you have to pay for your extra seat. But if the flight is not sold out, they'll refund whatever you That's paid. That's really it. nice. Yep. The other thing they'll let you do is if you purchase the extra seat, they let you pre-board. Oh. Because what happens is you've purchased an extra seat. If you're uh, boarding with the majority of the plane, you might not get three seats in a row where you have purchased the extra seat and your extra seat then becomes null and void. So they wow. do allow you to pre-board if you've purchased the extra seat for two people. And I just want to be clear that you know my, uh, my issues with Southwest, my only issue ever with Southwest was the whole uh, ABC uh, uh, boarding the you know, cattle call yeah, the boarding. cattle call boarding. I, that was the only thing I didn't like. Well, they eliminated that now. Well, yeah. Now, just, now you I'm get just... a numbered ticket. But I want you to know that they are they do they are really flexible. I'm just I'm kind of agreeing with Tim and yeah. just taking it a step further. Yeah. Yeah. I've whenever we book through Southwest, I check our tickets if not every day, every other day by going to their website. And if you can get a lower fare, all you do is call them, or if you can even do it on the internet. Yep. And they will put it in a credit, and we've used those credits for future trips. I mean, they I don't, love them. Yeah. Anytime that we've flown, if, if my flight has had to be changed, it's so nice to be able to just go online and do it. Right. And this is why one of the only airlines in the country that are being showing a profit is because they're... They're doing stuff they're, like they're this. They're being nice to their people that are traveling with them. I mean, I can't say enough about Southwest. Well, you know, the most successful businesses are the ones that take the needs of their customers into yeah. account and then try and meet them. So that uh, that was a great tip. Thank you very much for that, uh, that Tim. I love I love when they call in with uh, with great tips like this. It is, it we got another of, one. Debbie got one earlier today, and now Tim. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, Corey, you have an email you want to read? I have one from Robert from Lee Summit, Missouri. He writes, we are taking the family to Disney World this August and are planning on visiting uh, Blizzard Beach. We were thinking about leaving the park for lunch to go to Pepper, the Pepper Market, Coronado Springs, and then returning to the park. We will be using the park hopper tickets with the water park option. 
How does the same day re-entry work at Blizzard Beach? Will this require a second water park entry off of our tickets? Is there a chance that we will not be able to get back into the park if um, has reached capacity? If it's reached capacity, you won't be able to get back in the park. But you won't need to re uh, to use another day on your ticket. You can re-enter. Um, they're going to stamp your hand, so you're fine there. But yeah, August. I think if you're going to re-enter uh, in the afternoon sometime, you might be fine with the whole capacity issue. Usually, the capacity they close at around ten ten o'clock, ten thirty, eleven, and they'll reopen at around two two thirty, depending on the weather. And he also writes that he likes the idea that I wrote in the uh, my Blizzard Beach article about locking your beach bag to your chair. Um, you are at Disney. Crime does happen, um, especially at the water parks, because you know you do have a locker, but at the same time, you do want to keep some of your things with you, like your towel and a few other things, like in, in your money. I always suggest that you lock your bag to your beach chair. They don't they don't go in your bag and steal out of your bag. They take your bag, yeah. and it's a lot harder to take a bag if there's a beach chair attached to it. Corey so, always makes it difficult for him to take it. Yeah, if I don't have a lock, I, I do all these Usually knots and ties. And you stop you stop them when they have the beach chair. Yeah. Under so their I, would, arm. I would suggest anybody to if you're going to the water parks, even even the pools at the, at the resorts. Yeah, you might want to just lock your bag to your chair. He doesn't suggest whether he's going to use Disney transportation or not. I just I have a, when you say lock the bag to the chair, I mean you mean actually take a, a physical. Uh, if you if you have a padlock, you know sometimes we don't have a lock with us, but I'll I'll take the straps and I'll tie them into knots, just to make it difficult. Right. You know they're gonna they're gonna go for the bags that are easy, and it they're does happen. Snap, they're gonna snatch and grab. Yeah, yeah. snatch and grab. Something if easy. You make it difficult. It's not gonna happen. Put your bag out of, out of clear sight underneath the chair. Um, you should be good. He doesn't mention whether he's using Disney transportation or not. If he's using Disney transportation, this is going to be a very time-consuming yes. thing. Yeah. Mm. You know, I. Uh, you know, leaving leaving a water park, it's it's kind of a hassle. You know, mm-hmm. you got to dry off, you got to dress, get dressed. It and, might be better to have dinner after the water park at the Pepper Market. That that was my point actually. Yeah. yeah. Or bring something from there and have like a picnic. Another suggestion for the bag: get to know the people around you. Um, I know that on previous occasions when maybe I've been laying in my chair and Corey's been doing other things, I kind of get to know the people around me and they'll say, Oh, can you watch my bag while I go do this? And I'm like, sure. So that also makes a difference. Yeah. But that also requires talking to strangers and I won't do that. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm different. I also won't, I I also won't walk around in a bathing suit in public, but (laughs) Um, I feel like I know my Starbucks people like, you know, they're my friends. <laughs> I want to give a tip about the pepper market. We love the pepper market. It's a great place to go and eat. They have a very unusual dining situation I think we've talked about before. But one of the things they've started to do there is they've started to add a gratuity as you leave because of how it's set up. You don't really have a server per se, but someone clears your table and brings you drinks. So we would always leave money on the table as a tip for the person who did that. And then we got in line and they said, there was like a twelve percent or a ten or something. There's a weird I don't number. The number gratuity added to your to your bill. So just be forewarned of that. Don't tip the person. Bring you drinks. They're going to add that onto your bill. I also wanted you to know that if you do decide to leave them cash, all I said was to the manager was, "I've already left money on the table," and they immediately removed the gratuity from my check. So cool. you can do it either way. Just be cognizant of the fact that they are going to do it. Great. Yeah, and going back to the food at Blizzard Beach, our last experience there at Lotta Wada Lodge, which is their main um, food area, it was horrible. We had a horrible experience right there, so <laughs> it's not a bad idea to leave the park and go get food or bring it with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring a small cooler with sandwiches or something. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thank you very much, Corey. 
And uh, what, you know, we're talking about uh, locking your stuff up. Kevin has a, a very frightening cautionary tale from his next email. I have an email from Elizabeth Solberg. Elizabeth is, she actually doesn't say where she's from. Elizabeth says, hello to everyone in the pod squad. I've emailed before, and she wears a lovely T-shirt to to let everybody know that she's done it. She wants to let us know about something else that happened at Disney World that's not quite so magical. We just returned last night and found some fraudulent charges on two of our debit cards and one of our credit cards. The charges were not made on Disney property. They were made at several different locations in Florida, but not in the Orlando area. We never used anything but our key to the world card or cash to make purchases and left our wallets in the room but not in the room safe, at on-property Disney resorts for the entire trip. What we and the bank have determined is that someone accessed our room and took the information off the legitimate credit card to make illegitimate credit cards for their own use, and then racked up to close to $5,000 in charges. Of course, the bank has forgiven all of them and will be investigating. My point in telling you all of this is that I would like you to remind all of your listeners to be extremely cautious about their own security. Even though Disney's security is excellent, we should have used the room safe and will do so when we return to the world. I guess we were so caught up in the magic that we forgot that dishonest people exist everywhere. When I called Disney about this, they said I should just let the bank take care of this. I could have given them the name of our housekeeper, Mousekeeping, but they just told me to give the entire story to the bank and let their fraud department take it from there. Thanks for a wonderful, inspiring, happy podcast that lifts my spirits every time I listen to your conversation and laughter. Our trip was fantastic, and we were able to enjoy it be more because of what we learned from all of you. And that's Beth. Again, Beth Solberg. I think that's great advice. It is great advice. I'm just sorry you had to have that experience, Beth, really and truly. I think of what Corey just said. Even though you're at Disney... It's, yeah. it, it's We've talked about it before, walking around downtown Disney at 2 a.m., leaving your stuff in your bag, leaving your stuff in your stroller, leaving a wallet out. Anytime that you're going to put temptation out in people's face, someone's going to take advantage mm-hmm. of you. See, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm really bad about that. And fortunately, Walter is very anal retentive when it comes to any kind of security stuff. Like he makes sure that anything of value in the room has to be put in a safe. I mean, before we ever leave a room, he, like, he like searches for anything of value and will put it in the safe. And he, so he's very good about that. But you're, it's, a, it's absolutely a tale everybody needs to keep in mind. If you're going to leave your wallet in your room, you absolutely need to lock that up. Something else other than a restaurant. Um, someone just said, we just talked about it recently, your credit card really never has to leave your possession. Yeah. No one has to take your credit card into a different place. I mean, when you're in a restaurant, it's kind of unusual to like follow the waiter into where he sweeps the credit card. But never let your credit card out of your sight. And if you're leaving it in your room, it really should be locked up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that includes debit cards, too. Yeah, anything. Cameras, too. There was just an article in the paper about people are uh, uh, a server somewhere in Florida, not at a Disney restaurant, who had what they call a skimmer mm-hmm. in her pocket. And what she was doing was she was putting the credit card as she walked away into her pocket and skimming it through with this little reader that immediately took all of the personal information off it. And then she would turn the skimmer over to somebody else. And people who ate in this restaurant, they have since traced it all back to her. And I, I apologize. I know it was a her, but I don't know any of the details mm-hmm. of it other than that. So just be careful of... And John said it recently. Disney made a, uh, an error. While I think it was a legitimate error on his credit card... But you have it, to watch. It, it was a double charge. So, 
I ab- the, our, our, our final voicemail today is my absolute favorite voicemail. I just got such a kick out of this. This is Kathy from Westfield, New Jersey. Here's, here she is. Hi, podcast crew. This is Kathy Clawson from Westfield, New Jersey, across the river from Philadelphia. I'm DVC Kathy on the boards, where I mostly lurk. I'm about three weeks behind listening to the podcast. We are down at Disney the beginning of December, and with that and Christmas, still catching up. But every time I listen, I feel like I'm visiting with some really good friends, and that's pretty special to me. Anyway, I was listening the other evening when I was heading to meet my husband before going to see Avenue Q, and I had this really bizarre idea. What would you guys look like as Muppets? Julie would have to be really pretty, but I don't know about the other guys. Anyway, thought that would be an interesting thing for you guys to chew on. I, my husband and I were at the pod meet in early December. I dragged him along, and we had a nice chat with Bob, saw the cart. But when I was chatting with Will and Kevin and a couple of Dizzers, I'm terrible with names. One was from northern New Jersey, one from Massachusetts. There was a Kathy in there and a, I think Ursula Shadow. Anyway, I forgot my husband. So people may be nominating Bob for president, but he's not the only one with fans there. I've got a question. We're staying off property in late March. My husband has a conference at the Marriott World Orlando. I can never get the order right. Anyway... He's going to be in sessions during the day, and I'm going to be there without a car. They have a shuttle to the park for like 15 bucks round trip, I hear, which I expect to be a royal pain. Does anyone know what the cab fare would cost to downtown Disney? Any rough idea? Or if I hiked out to the highway, are there buses I could take somewhere, anywhere, to get me out of there? If you've got any suggestions, I'd appreciate it. Thanks so much. I love the podcast and listen to it all the time. Bye-bye. Okay, first of all, Kathy, John and I have seen Avenue Q. Love it. And we have told this group here that's coming to Tampa that they have to go see Avenue Q. Kathy, I have a girlfriend who lives in Canada. You're such a rat fink. You really are. The song, the song I have a girlfriend who lived in Can- a girlfriend who lives in Canada. Kathy's the only one who's going to think that's just funny. Is on my iPod all the time. We play it all the time. One character might or might not be gay, so he tells his friends he has a girlfriend who lives in Canada. Oh, okay. And she was here last week, but she had the flu. <laughs> so, Kathy, don't hitchhike out to any highway. Yeah, <laughs> Bob will pick you up. Don't don't be hiking out to any highway in Florida. Okay, bad, bad, bad idea. Bad, Kathy. Um, I can't imagine it's going to be 10 or $15 to get to... I can't imagine it would be more than $15, but that's not going to be round trip for cabs. So I would take the transportation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as far as what it's going to cost, it's probably going to cost you about $15, $20 one way. Right. Uh, going right. from the... Uh, You'd have a lot more freedom, or a lot more flexibility about when you wanted to go, but you're probably going to pay double. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the the reaction of everybody here when you said, uh, should I go out to the highway and look for a bus? They all started shuddering. <laughs> no, bad idea. Bad, bad. Don't do it. 
the yeah. Orlando World Center is and shame on uh, shame on uh, uh, Marriott World Center for charging fifteen dollars round trip to go across the street. You know, it's ridiculous. It's and that's not exactly a cheap hotel. That's how they get the conventioners. It's, you know, it's everything's on the company bill. Yeah, it's charge it. Orlando World Center is at the intersection of State Road five thirty five and what's basically World World Center, Center Drive. Drive. It's not exactly. It's a busy intersection, but it's not the kind of thing where I think there's going to be a bus stop. She would have to walk down to 535 to get to the first link stop, and oh, that's geez. pretty far. It walk across the street to Buena Vista Suites, take their shuttle, it's yeah. free. Or even oh. better. It's, what is it? No, they, don't do that. Do don't, not do, yeah, that. Don't do that. Do not be crossing any of these roads on foot. <laughs> no, Pedestrians like a, are that's, killed that's, all the time. That's a four, six, six-lane highway. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty dangerous. What Muppet are you, Corey? Um... Animal, because I'm wild and crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I am animal. I am wild what Muppet are you? <laughs> what did you say? It was Fuzzy Bear? Fuzzy Bear. Fuzzy Bear. I think I should think Waka, waka, waka. I should think I'm Cookie Monster. Oh, Cookie uh. Monster. Which one would you be? Bert. Bert? <laughs> <laughs> Ernie. <laughs> there you go. We do live together. Julie? Um, maybe Grover, because I could be kind of spastic and. <laughs> Bobby, Not Bobby. Mis- he's the that French crot- chef. No, he's that crotchety old man that sits up in the balcony. <laughs> no, no, that would Bob be me. Could be that Beaker. Would be- Bob is Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be the French chef. See who plays stuff um, and everything. I could talk yeah, French. Yeah, because you're so French. I am French. And yeah. <laughs> Polyvoo French. No, Beaker. C-C it is decided. It I is decided to, you're I Beaker. I used to love Super Grover when we would go and fly over this cable. <laughs> no, I, I, I would either have to be uh, Oscar Oscar the Grouch or one of the crotchety old men up in the balcony. I mean, I could be Miss Piggy, sarcastic, but she's so. blonde. What's the little red one? That they just had out and was real hard to get at Christmas time. Elmo, Elmo, Elmo that's who I want to be. You want to be tickle me, Elmo? I do. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I just love that. I, I love that question. I absolutely love that question. It was great. And uh, with that, that will end our email show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks everybody for writing in and calling in. And by all means, please send your emails. That's <laughs> <laughs> my water drops. <laughs> Corey's water broke. <laughs> Send your emails to podcast at www.info.com and your voicemails to toll-free 1-877-310-9662. And uh, we are going to end the show there. So we hope you all have a great week, and we'll see you next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Yeah.